All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I am here broadcasting live from, from the Royal Fork. Absolutely. <laughs> with with my very good friend and frequent co-host, Jason Squire. I will have the roast beef, sir. <laughs> we're not actually in the Royal Fork. I wish we were in the Royal Fork. Which, they got me think of, I didn't look up after the last time. That's a reference to anyone who's listening to this and thinking we've just lost it. Last time you were on with me, we talked about the Royal Fork, which was a buffet in Mason City. I was going to look up if it was actually a chain or if it was just the one place. I totally forgot to look. But I didn't I didn't look it up. I just thought about it before. Did this you thing. get contacted by Dave Royal Fork? <laughs> the owner and founder of Royal Fork, who would uh, carve the meats at the end. <laughs> so anyway, we're back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll go through kind of our regular stuff, and Jason is uh, not heard what we're going to talk about. So I prefer it this way. It just, makes it more exciting. <laughs> just jumping in. <laughs> so first, our good news story. I always like to feature a positive story or positive organization that's doing good things. So our group today is Two Blind Brothers. That's the name of the organization, and I'm actually, for anybody who's watching the video of this i'm wearing a two blind brothers t-shirt and my beanie stocking cap is from them as well uh it's a company i found out actually through my mom nice my mom has been doing pretty solid like with gifts and stuff because consumerism i kind of struggle with because i don't like to buy a bunch of stuff especially if i don't know where it's coming from so I appreciate when something's going to a good cause. So mom has been really good about finding some cool stuff for like Christmas and birthdays and things like that. And she found this Two Blind Brothers. So I did a little research on them. First of all, their clothing is really nice. Looks comfy. It is, it is really soft. comfy. Well, that is, that is part of it. So Two Blind Brothers, as you might suspect, two brothers who are visually impaired. Okay. <laughs> um... Bradford Manning and Brian Manning are these two brothers. They have Stargardt's disease, which, so far as I can tell, is similar to, like, is it macular degeneration? Okay, yeah. So, they're not, I guess what you would... Some people think of just the term blind as being completely blind. They have this degenerative eye disease. Where the so, visual field slowly is going. Yeah, away. yeah. Okay. So, they, they've lost and they lose a lot of the... Frontal vision. Okay. So they started this apparel company, and a couple of things I like about it is one, apparently 100% of their profits go to basically find, goes to research to try to find cures for visual impairments and blindness. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but like 100% of their profits, which I think is cool. They also. They employ visually impaired people. They they do the production through organizations that employ visually impaired people. And as you mentioned, the clothing is really comfortable because that's one of their things is that if you're visually impaired or if you're totally blind, you're obviously not seeing the apparel. Feel is very important. Okay. So they are like super comfy t-shirts. The sign cap, everything's really comfortable. And they've got a kind of a cool feature on their website where you can shop blind. Oh. 
where they basically give you, I think it's three price points. You pick the price point that you want, and then they will just send you something. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and if you don't like it, you can send it back, whatever, but like, it's pretty cool. So I've got a few different t-shirts. This one is just a plain t-shirt. Were you wearing one at practice the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. It's okay. got the Braille alphabet yep, that's what I was on thinking. it, okay. and I think... Uh, that I have one that says perspective, and then the word perspective is upside down, and it's got like I think the I or something is in Braille. That is a two blind brothers too. So cool. That's our our company for the week. As a guy who has a borderline glaucoma, I'm all for the eye research to help people out. So yeah, and I think that's one kind of going off of what I've seen them talk about, but that's one of those areas that seems like. They've made a lot of progress in recent years. That like, that's not that far away from curing some of these degenerative eye diseases. So, anyway, that's kind of cool. That's cool. a good news I like, story. I like that story. Then our family time this week, which I already did a separate video for the family time that sent out to students and stuff like that. We're talking about stress management this week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess just for you is. Is stress something that you struggle with at all? I might deal with a tinge of stress <laughs> in my life at different times. Absolutely. No, I'm like everybody else that uh, definitely dealing with stress is a thing that is happens every day. So what what are some of the things that like for you, that, like, I know for me, like I still struggle with the stress stuff. I tend to overload myself a little bit. Like I get too many things going on, whether it's working house stuff, family stuff, school stuff, this sort of stuff. That's something I'm always still like, oh, I got to remind myself to take a step back on those things. What are some things that stress you out? Oh, man, where do we start? <laughs> uh, spiders, bed bugs. Oh, you mean like the my average day-to-day stuff, not just the general anxiety. Can, no. can be that and, uh, too. Yeah. Jason does not like bed bugs. Nope, they freak me out. Uh, so. <laughs> it's more you? because I'm a business teacher. Never had them. <laughs> never had them. I guess I've heard you talk about them several times, and I guess I've never thought to ask, like, did you have a traumatic experience nope. as a kid? Just Nope, nothing at all. You know, they yeah. were almost eradicated. It all comes from me being cheap, because if you do get them in your house, it's you know cost you a thousand dollars or so to try to eradicate them, and they're hard to get rid of. Right. So it comes from that. I don't want to add more expense to my life, but <laughs> I will say I've relaxed a little bit there. But you know, stress wise, it's like anything. With I, we both we love our work, but it can be stressful at times. Um, you know, I I feel like I've handled COVID as good as I can considering how stressful of a situation it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously being busy with the family can be stressful at times, which I fully admit, I understand how I can be a stressful influence on people as well. I mean, it's (laughs) part of having a family. Um, You know, it's, I deal with general anxiety. So that's something that obviously can, can be a stressor. Um, But yeah, sometimes I, you know, you feel like you have so much you need to do that it almost paralyzes you at times that, well, I don't know what I do. But, uh, so yeah, that'd be kind of my main ones anyway. You mentioned, like, the COVID, especially in schools. We've talked about this a little bit off of podcasting, but do you feel like 
some of the stress of COVID is like hitting people now. Like I feel like some of our students and some of our teachers even and just people in general are starting to get a little fatigue maybe from yes. the last two years. Definitely it's I think people felt like we had light at the end of the tunnel and it has, you know, prolonged and not to get into any of those aspects of it, but it, it's still here. And I think mm-hmm. it is where um, without really seeing that end in sight, I think it just kind of that letdown feeling I think people have because it, it definitely is more mm-hmm. stress. I, I was stressed last year, but it just felt like we had clearer guidelines on things. And I felt like that I handled that better where I don't like, you know, we both know I like being organized. So I, not having that clear path sometimes is stressful for me that way. But I would agree. I think I think all around people are just that fatigue is setting in. Well, and I feel like we were all a little more, at least here, we were all a little more unified last year. I think, I mean, there's a lot of divisiveness over COVID, over seemingly everything right now, which I don't care what side you're on or what you think, whatever, but there's a lot of divisiveness. I feel like at least in the earlier stages of COVID, there was a little bit more of the, like, we have to rally and we have to do whatever, and then as it seemingly became this thing we're going to be stuck with for a while, then some of that division comes out a little bit, and then, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's easier to stay kind of upbeat when it's like, we're fighting back against something, and now it's lingering. And historically, these things take more than a year or a year and a half, but unfortunately in our culture, because we have so so many things instantaneous at Mm -hmm. our fingertips that... uh, it's hard for us to have patience. Yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, I would say, myself included. I mean, <laughs> obviously, yeah. uh, that the world and technology has made stuff easier, faster to consume. So it is hard to be like, oh, this probably is going to be a multi-year process, but um, we're not used to those things. <laughs> so, yeah. Do, do you think, one of the things I talked about in the Family Time video, and I'm going to emphasize with our students this week, is that... Stress isn't inherently bad. Like, you need some level of stress. It's, I think of, like, the strength and conditioning thing, which is specific adaptation to impose demand. Like, whatever you're imposing on your body, you're going to adapt to that. So, can you think of, like, times where stress or whatever, the pressure of whatever you're doing has been a beneficial thing? Thinking back to, you know, coaching-wise going through adverse times and then, you know, hopefully coming through and hopefully getting some wins or seeing some progress or Mm -hmm. things like that, I think help, um, you know, as you're trying to build something up, it, again, it doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes time and effort. And I think that, that over time, I think made me a better person. I think it helped me become more patient at times. Um, but seeing, you know, sometimes it's hard that you don't see instant results. And I think it helped me kind of see big picture mm. where I'm going on some things sometimes. And, you know, just being able to go, okay, I survived that. I can handle the next <laughs> big thing that comes at me too. So, 
I think that's a good point that I talk about moving the curve, like the bell curve, you know, like you can handle this much stress where your performance is going to be high, not enough stress. You're not going to have high performance, too much stress. Your performance drops off again, where you kind of want to be on just the right side of the top of that curve where it's like, we're stressed enough to keep adapting. And then, yeah, then you can handle more stress. I, I think you nailed it there where it's like, Hey, you made it through. That's kind of part of getting older too. Like, yeah, you've been through some stuff that's not so great, and then you can look back and be like, ah, oh, all right, I, it'll be fine. They're not joking when they say with age comes wisdom, because there are <laughs> things I look back at like, all right, I didn't need to be so stressed about that. But you know, first time through, you kind of learn those things. But for sure, what are some things that you do that help you mitigate your stress? Well. <laughs> The one thing during when COVID hit, I was like, all right, we're stuck at home. I can either sit at home and put on more weight or I can go, uh, <laughs> I could go get after it. So I've, I'm over a year of at least 10,100 steps. That was big for me um, as I've gotten older and, you know, your body gets a little more uh, broken down. It's, uh, <laughs> I'd like to do lots of walking versus running or things like that. Um, that's been good. I've, I really attribute getting those steps into helping me mm-hmm. lower stress. Um, I like to golf. Mm-hmm. We do Taekwondo together. Um, you know, that's been a good one to, you know, it's hard because as you get older, it's like you need to keep doing hobbies or things. One, to keep your brain actively engaged, but two, just, you know, you, those are the little things that help you, you know, find mm-hmm. different things. Um, as you know, I started collecting cards again, trading cards during <laughs> yeah. COVID, which uh, has been fun. That's That uh, has piqued my interest anyway. And sometimes I need to uh, have it not piqued my interest quite so much, but, <laughs> but that's been fine. And it's, I don't know, I just challenge, there are little things like challenges of like seeing what you can do better, like with the steps, like can I keep that streak going? Mm. Um, you know, with the collecting stuff, it's like, can I find a card that I've always wanted or, mm. you know, collect Chicago Bears cards or Chicago Bulls cards? Um, you know, those would be my main ones. Um, you know, hanging out with my kids and doing the different things that we do is has been good. Um, you know, my kids like to come out golfing sometimes. You know, they... Um, they like basketball, which is good, so we'll go play basketball. I mean, just trying to do some bike riding. Just some of those things just have been good, just uh, especially now with COVID, things you can do outside, which is always nice. Just so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, those would be kind of our main ones. Those are good. I'm curious. A lot of people, myself included, picked up a new hobby or new whatever during kind of the most stringent point of. The COVID quarantine stuff. I'm curious as to how many people have really kept them going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's where, like, I can feel myself with the card stuff. It's like, all right. (laughs) I need to kind of slow down. Now, part of that, too, is prices have went insanely crazy. And they're almost as hard as gold to find now. um, (laughs) Because everybody kind of got into that. But I agree with you. I think now that things have reached relax some i think i'm guessing some people have dropped some of those activities mm-hmm. which 
again, is kind of human nature that way, too, is if you can get back to your normal routine, sometimes the new stuff falls to the side. Mm-hmm. This is a tangent, but talking about baseball cards, sometimes you get curious as to what the next old trend to come back is going to be. And I hope it's Pogs. I was just going to say <laughs> Pogs. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. And if it is, I don't know. I feel like we should get in on the, the ground floor of Pogs. Like maybe we get like a like a Luke Nielsen Media Pog brand coming oh, or something. That would be, like, be great. You know, the, so much of this nostalgia stuff is so big. Pogs might be it. Hacky sack too. Bring that. Oh. I couldn't hacky sack to save my life, but <laughs> I, I, I couldn't either. And it always makes me think of what was the movie? It was one of those of the many like kind of mid to late nineties teen movies that they did, where it was like the girl who was in the overalls and was like the nerdy girl. And then they was like, it she's all that. I think it okay, is. She's all that. Okay. Was it, was it part of that? I don't know. Who was the main, was it like Freddie Prince Jr. or somebody who was the main character in that? Who was the, should I say main character? The, the main yes. guy, the lead guy. I believe so. He was kind of the lead guy and then the lead girl. But anyway, the lead guy, didn't he have like a hacky sack thing? Like he was into hacky sack and then she was into like performative poetry or something. So he does the hacky sack poem. Well, that doesn't everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You going on the weekend? That's what I do. That is burned in my mind with hacky sack. It's him doing the little poem and keeping the hacky sack. My poem would be one word and then darn it. One word, darn it, because I can't hacky sack more than once. Yeah. hard. All right, you heard it here first. Get your pogs and hacky sacks at, uh, I won't really have any of the website, but at your local Royal Fork. I was going to say a branded Royal Fork pog. <laughs> Royal Fork slammers for everyone. Now, you mentioned a couple times getting older, which is funny. My blog post for this week is titled When I Was Older. Ah. So what I was writing about is there are some times now that I'll think about something from a few years ago and in my head I'm kind of like oh back when I was older. Which of course is not the case in terms of actual years and months and days. I'm as old as I've ever been right now. But for a lot of reasons, I felt, for most of my life, I felt like I was a little older than I was, or I was trying to be a little older. Like, as a young kid, I hung out with older cousins, so I kind of got to be privy to some pop culture things, and maybe a little ahead of the curve of some of my peers. Things like, you mentioned martial arts, like I started that when I was really young, that's something you don't really stick with your age group, like T-ball or something. So I was always training with older people. So I was kind of thrown with that group. Of course, when I got to high school, then I wanted to be older and would butt heads with my mom and stuff like that. But also, like, and you can relate to, to some of this in terms of I started living with the woman I would eventually marry when I was, like, 19. We got engaged when I was, like, 20, I think. I was married at, I think I just turned 22 before I got married. I started coaching when I was 21. I got hired for my first teaching job at 21. Turned 22 before the school year. But then also stuff like 
And I was the head football coach at 22. I was an athletic director at like 25 or something. My kids were both both born when I was like 25 and 26 years old. So I did a lot of these, like the cross off the list adult <laughs> things. I felt in a hurry. And then the biggest thing for me though is that I got sick at 28. And from 28 to 32, I felt pretty old, like physically. Mm-hmm. And then also got divorced and stuff too. So it's like, I felt like by 32, I'd lived like a couple of lives. <laughs> and then now, in a lot of ways, I actually feel younger. Like, I, I genuinely feel 10 years younger than I felt 10 years ago physically. And I think emotionally, mentally, a lot of ways too. And it kind of popped into my head because... Like, even our students, 10 years ago, they would guess me to be maybe older than they guess me to be now. They would guess you were older than me, and I'm, what, five years older than you? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, and now they tend to guess that I'm a little younger, which I think is funny because I'm bald and my beard is getting pretty gray (laughs) and stuff like that, but their their perspectives are so funny. So, that was kind of... I don't know. That was just kind of my, my thought for the week was that it's kind of been neat to have that experience, to have felt like I was older and then realized, like, I don't like feeling that way. And also, I do think a lot of it is sort of, like you said, kind of getting more invested in my hobbies, my interests, things that I'm passionate about, being physically active. That's just an important lesson, I think, for people is that, like, you don't have to just grow old. You get older. There are certain things, like, I don't recover quite as quickly (laughs) as I used to. Some of those sorts of things. But, like, we don't have to just become old people, especially when we think of, like, it seems like previous generations. It's like, by the time you were 30 and married stuff, it's like, you were kind of done. So, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, I guess? I think part of it, too, is... The way both you and I grew up. I think we had to grow up a little faster too. Like self-funding college. And you know making the decisions that way. Um, you know I decided to do my BA through BV through NIAC. Because it was cheaper. Because I was mm. self-funding. That was a big part of it for me. Was I had to take on that responsibility, responsibility of debt. Which I am fully 100% for. Because mm. I don't, don't think it's my parents responsibility. I don't think it should be parents' responsibilities for that. Mm. Um, it's okay for them to help, but I, I'm just, I think that helps you appreciate things more. But I think because of some of those things, we did do some of those adult things younger, where especially now that our kids are older too, where like, you know, Gavin has some of the same hobbies as me. Rain mm. likes some of the same stuff. Natalie is old enough now where it's easier to do some of those things again. Mm. And yeah, like... You know, I see, like, my dad with bad knees and a bad hip. Like, I don't want to be in that position when I'm his age. I want Mm. to keep going and moving and doing those things. So when we're old and we're both not drinking coffee as we're hanging out here, (laughs) drinking your kombucha and I'm drinking whatever sweet Mountain Dew flavor of the month at that time. Well, by then, who knows what they'll have. It'll just, I don't know, it'll just be like a pill you take and it just seems like you just drank a 20 ounce <laughs> or something. Feel like you just went snowboarding. But it is. I mean, there's, 
what we do as well, which is great. I mean, I always joke with the kids. I'm like, well, I'm in my 23rd year of high school right now because, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. my 19th year of teaching. So we have a little bit of arrested development mm. by that, too. I feel like what we do helps keep us young at heart. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I would agree. There are times where it's like, all right, I probably felt more old at some of those times, mm. too, where it's, you know, feel like I can relax a little bit more at some times <laughs> now. <laughs> Well, I think you hit on a couple of things that I didn't even talk about in the blog post, but one, like, you're a very involved dad. I try to be a very involved dad. I think that helps when it is like, and our kids are at that funny age now where it's like, we can actually share some things. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we, you mentioned, both do taekwondo with our boys. Like, that's pretty fun. There's yep. not a lot of stuff that you can actually still do with them. So, like, that's pretty cool. But, yeah. Sharing hobbies and stuff like that. I think that's another thing. Part of it, generational differences. Part of it, growing up very blue collar how we did. Our dads were always working. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I can count on one hand the number of times I played catch with my dad. No. <laughs> well, I certainly could. And it would, I, I wouldn't need all my fingers on the one yes, hand. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> and, and that's it's not, not their fault at all because I appreciate no. what they were doing. But it's... Mm. We're lucky we have that opportunity where we can do that. Yeah, and I I do think teaching, too, does that. I think the older teachers who are still teaching or people I know have retired who I really respect and admire the way that they taught were kind of the ones who, like you said, kind of let the kids still impact on them some of that youthfulness. Mm -hmm. I, I think... We've seen teachers, too, who get old and are burned out, and it's time for them to, to go. They've kind of moved past it a little bit, but I, I do think that is a great thing. Like, we get to be around young people every day, and <laughs> there's some frustrations with that sometimes, but for the most part, it is pretty great, and I, I do feel n- neither of us like try to really keep up on trends, but it is kind of nice just being a little bit aware of what's going on socially yes. in the world with younger generations. I mean, like, this is years ago. <laughs> I remember when memes were first starting to become big. So this is quite a few years ago at this point. But I remember somebody from our age group was like, you know one of them meme things or whatever <laughs> they're called? And I, it's not a knock against them. I was like, oh, I'm around teenagers every day who at that time were looking at memes like, it's, it's a meme. Just that's what it is. We were just talking about this in sociology class. I said, I really think my generation, but right at my age group, is really about we got to experience high school life without cell phones, without Mm. technology constantly there. But we were right on the forefront of those things happening, so we're not lost with that, and we've been able to adapt and go with it as Mm. as it goes. But it was interesting. They were listing off all of the social media they use. Felt pretty good. I knew five of the six that. (laughs) And the other one, I knew the name, but I didn't know what it was. But that was kind of fun, just talking about that and the impact that has on their lives. And, you know, I'm a big believer in we learn as much from them as they do from us at times. And it's always, I think it's important to listen to them and hear those things, too. So, Have you ever looked at TikTok? I don't have TikTok. I've had, you know, people like show you a TikTok that mm-hmm. they've seen, but yeah, I don't have it and actually Same. I've never actually looked at it myself. No. Same thing. I've had students show me stuff, but I've never it's kinda of funny like 
you almost have to decide when you're our age where's the where's the cutoff like where are yeah. we going to stop being involved because like I didn't have Instagram for a long time, but I actually really like Instagram. And I think there are some potential negatives to Instagram, too. Some of the visual images young people are exposed to. But I generally like the format of Instagram a little bit. And You being an art teacher, that visual field of it, I think, would be more appealing to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the setup of it better than, say, Twitter or something like that. Yep. But it's just personal preference. But then... There does become a time where it's like, I'm not getting on TikTok, or I'm not, you know, yep. it gets to a certain point where just like, I'm out on this one, I'm going to be aware that it exists, but I don't need to participate anymore. So I said, I said, I have these two, and that's plenty for me, <laughs> I don't need to add anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it is nice to at least be aware of what they are. <laughs> yes. Or just even... There'll be musicians or different things like that. Look, I couldn't name one of this person's songs, but I've heard the name before. Yep. So I'm not completely removed just yet. Our students are listening to this laugh now, right now and laughing at us, being like, they don't know a half of it. No, I, I wouldn't. We shouldn't, really. No. So, no. Yeah, that's that's okay. Like those two old guys. Well, I'm also, like you said, we talked about this in my character and leadership class too when we were talking about generational differences. And we kind of talked about the year spreads. Which I know you talk about that too, whether it's you know what Generation X is, what the baby boomer generation is. And of course, different different places will kind of cite different years a little bit. But we kind of are on that that in-between group a little bit, or kind of that transitional mm -hmm. phase from Generation X to Generation Y or Millennial, whatever they're calling it, I forget. But I'm glad we didn't have all the social media stuff in high school. I think I think both of us were pretty what you'd consider well-behaved in high school, but I could also definitely see myself have having posted something dumb or whatever that... I'm glad that just didn't exist. Absolutely. I I am the same. Everybody has been dumb at some point when they were a kid, and you, as part of life, is growing and understanding that, uh, man, that was a bad mistake, but luckily our all our mistakes weren't broadcast to the world. So, yeah. Do you remember? So you, I suppose, would have been maybe just done with college, like when Facebook came out? Yes, because I remember my buddy showing me he went back to get his master's degree and he was showing me Facebook at the time when it was just a college thing mm. only. So I remember when it came out, I think I was thinking about like 2004, I think, or was starting to spread in 2004 from Harvard. So I think I was end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year would have been 2004 in college. And I remember a friend of mine who went to Iowa talking to him and he was like you should get facebook and like i remember this seems like an old-timey thing like that's a word like a weird yeah. word to just hear like facebook i'm like what are you talking about he's like well you can put your pictures on there stay in contact with people and i remember thinking like why would anybody want this like who would care <laughs> but then my buddies and i set up set up facebook accounts myspace accounts and the other one 
at the time that was popular that I'm glad is not anymore was it's not really quite the same vein as Facebook or MySpace, but was hot or not. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember hot or not? <laughs> we watched a video where a gentleman talks about that, yes. <laughs> I'm glad that's going to go on the wayside if, for those listening who don't know, it's a bummer of an idea <laughs> where basically people posted their pictures and I think you had a little profile thing and then everyone just ranked each other on a scale from 1 to 10 on how hot the person was. My self-esteem doesn't need hits like that, so I'm pretty sure I avoided that. It's one of those that, like, I am fundamentally not for that, but it was, at that time, we set up these accounts, so we set up a Hot or Not account, too, and I think that was fairly short-lived, I don't know, but... uh, Interesting. Interesting time for that. <laughs> I remember having the MySpace, which seemed bigger than Facebook for a while. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And then Facebook, and then talking about just posting dumb stuff on there, deleting all of those before I applied for my first teaching job. Not that I had anything real bad on there, but like dumb stuff. For instance, I remember. One of the last things that a friend like posted on Facebook that I was linked to, whatever, was me in an arm wrestling competition. And I, and I just thought, you know, I don't need that to be the first thing that some school sees when they look me up and like, here's this ding-dong arm wrestling people at the county fair. It was at the fa- county fair. You know what? I think that would have helped you get hired. <laughs> I got a job. I don't know. Yeah. I never had Facebook or MySpace, but that was because of coming up when I did. That was the right at the don't have any of that stuff. So it's like, okay, I won't then. That makes my life easier. But It's funny how some of that stuff has changed in education, too. Because when we were coming in, it was like, avoid the social media pages. (laughs) The other thing for me... No visual tattoos. No visual (laughs) tattoos. We talk about that in class as well. Yeah. This is kind of funny. That was really... That was, emphasized. We really talk about that, about how much that has changed. Mm. All right, that's kind of what I had for getting older. Um, our sponsor this week, always like to have an important sponsor. So this week, our podcast is brought to you by all of the expired condiments in your fridge. Because you never know when you'll need that barbecue sauce from 1997. Hold on. Barbecue sauce does not go bad in my fridge. There's lots of other things that will, but not barbecue sauce. We are speaking to a man who brings his own barbecue sauce packets to lunch at school. I might have taken him into a restaurant before that didn't have the barbecue sauce I like as well. But yes, I have it hoarded in my fridge. Okay. What is your favorite barbecue sauce? You're going to laugh at me. It is McDonald's. I love McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's barbecue sauce. You is always still, do the classy thing. I am the classiest person. Okay, a non fast food restaurant's barbecue sauce. Yeah, do you have a brand that's uh-huh. not McDonald's brand? Do they. Maybe you should contact them. See if you can buy the big jug. Like whatever they're using in the back to put on their chicken sandwiches or whatever. See if you can get the big vat. That'd be awesome. (laughs) You're going to really laugh at me at this one too. But the one I went to for a long time, 
Heinz finally got into the barbecue sauce game. Yeah. I love Kansas City style. I like the yeah. sweet and uh, smoky flavor. That's really good. But I just bought it when we went cat grocery last night. Stubbs. Stubbs. Oh, uh, smoky I'm, I'm and sweet. I'm familiar with Stubbs. Very good. So that's the that's where I'm spoiled with barbecue sauce. It's not like ketchup. It's like, it's ketchup. Well, what time? Ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many yeah. different types of barbecue sauces, which it, it's just kind of fun. And then it's like, once you get... All right, I'm kind of bored of this one. Oh, try this one. This is fantastic. For sure. I still vividly remember the first time I had barbecue sauce. And you were, <laughs> really? were going to laugh at me. <laughs> I was probably in... I don't know the age, but I know where I was. <laughs> okay. um, I was with the Blakesteads. And we okay. went to Mason City. And it was when Broncos were like those tiny death traps. <laughs> yeah. It was like the Ooh, front, awesome. The, they went from the humongous Broncos to those tiny ones. Oh, like, yeah. And was I was at the Bronco 2. Is yes. that what they called it? And I remember working at the gas station. Like, it was almost impossible to lift them because they were so small. There was like no frame to, put, to lift them up. Right. But uh, we stopped at McDonald's. And my buddy Jared was like, you got to try barbecue sauce with your fries. And it was like... And I did, and it was like the Homer Simpson chili cook-off episode, where <laughs> just my my body was just in a euphoric state. So I don't know what it is about their barbecue. I love it. It is so good. Maybe it harkens back to that. It must. Memory. But it it is That's ever so since funny. then. But uh, yeah, I put it on any type of burger. I put it on hot dogs. I use it with fries. That's my condiment. I don't. Ketchup, mustard, anything like that. I'm a real classy man. <laughs> this is funny too. Again, how how we grew up. Like I think of both of our kids have had way more experiences at a young age than we did. Absolutely. And you don't enjoy traveling quite as much, but I really like to travel a lot and stuff. Where I think of it's funny, we can have memories of things like that where it's like, this is when I tried barbecue sauce. <laughs> yes, and, <it's, laughs> and it sticks with us. Where I think my kids, the other day I was talking about going to a concert. We haven't been to a concert for a little while with the COVID stuff and whatever. So that's going again. And I love going to concerts. And I was saying something about taking the kids to a concert. And it, like, they've done so much stuff. Like, I sometimes forget. And they're like, well, we went to this concert at the Grand Ole Opry. We went to this concert. And it's like, oh, yeah, you've been to some major concerts yeah. already. I even forget that sometimes. Where it's like, I can vividly remember the first time going to a concert, for yep. instance. Oh, yeah. It just old hat for, for... Which is, again, a fun thing mm-hmm. that you get to have those memories. Like, you know, I still remember getting to go to Des Moines to watch a WWF traveling... <laughs> When Hulk Hogan wasn't there, which was disappointing, but the Macho Man was. So, oh, that's and so I mean, solid. those were like super special events when we were kids where it's cool that this just availability of things, I think, are more is part of it, too, is we have more of those bands touring around our area, mm. which we didn't have back then. But True. So, yeah. So, you know, everybody else, uh, email Luke about your first memory of having a condiment. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to know. When's the first time you had barbecue sauce? And so I right really want to know if someone's first memory was in the back of a Bronco, too. <laughs> that, that whole, that paints a pretty glorious image in a Bronco, too, going to make, it's a very, I it's a very even, 1980s I can even, experience. I can even tell you exactly which road it was when I tried it. 
It is the road going on the east side of Nyack going to Plymouth. Oh. We were on that road when I dipped in. So <laughs> I, it burned I, into my mind. I know, I know exactly the road. I can't think of the name yep, of the Yep, I can't either, but I know it was that one. Was it still... Is it still 12th Street at that point, coming out of Mason City? or have you? I don't remember if it turns into something else or not. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. This, this is the fun part where like the people in Mason City who listen to this are yelling at their, at their <laughs> device they're listening to. It's like, it's this street, dang it! Right into the show <laughs> with the first time you had barbecue sauce. Tell us that street name and um, tell Get- us about your favorite Bronco 2 experiences and um dave royal fork if you're out there we want to hear from you or if you have dave royal forks address that's right so our sponsor being expired condiments if you were looking in your fridge right now or in your cupboards do you think you've got some past shelf life stuff like past the expiration date absolutely yeah i'm sure i do as well now do you think Again, our parents being from the same ilk, do you think that they, in their fridge right now, probably have a mess of expired stuff? Oh, I'm sure. Yes. I'm certain. It actually kind of made me think about it from my parents. I am not sure the back of my parents' refrigerator has ever been seen. Like, since it it was bought. (laughs) my, my, My folks still have... Like a 1980s era refrigerator, maybe, maybe early 90s. I mean, it was like the refrigerator from when I was a kid. Still the same fridge, and it's always chock-a-bock full, like to the front, where if I bring something over for an event to put in the fridge, it's like... There's nowhere. Oh, yeah, it's... it's Trying it's Jenga trying to pull a piece out that won't make everything collapse to slide something else in. And this is sorry, Rachel, but uh, <laughs> if there's something expired in our fridge, it's from Rachel, not from me. Now, to her credit, the reason why is I think we know the foods that I'm eating are full of preservatives. <laughs> so if something's expired, it's probably hers, but it's probably a healthier thing that has went bad versus I don't think some of the stuff I'm eating could ever go bad. But yes. We, all right. Do we have time? Might as well share. I think back to my grandma's refrigerator when I was a kid. I was sharing this story with the kids in class. One of my other phobias that stresses me out is milk. That is, that if you eat at someone's house, you pour your glass of milk, you drink it fairly quick. You do not leave that jug of milk on the table. Mm. Uh, that is a thing. I For me, milk has to be super cold. Otherwise, something in my head's like, that milk's bad. <laughs> it that is milk's bad. Yep. So I was talking about how when Rachel and I first started dating, when I ate supper at her parents' house for the first time, they would like get milk and then like leave it on the table. So then, like, later in the meal, they're like, do you want more? And I'm, like, shaking my head, like, nah, nah, I'm good. But <laughs> Not my, now. But part of, it I, <laughs> part of it I hearken back to when my grandma was older and helping clean out her house, too. There were some jugs of milk in there that were pretty expired. Oh. So, so, and the kids are laughing at me in class because the one kid was drinking out of a milk jug. And it, it had been sitting out for at least an hour. He's like, oh, no, it's still cold. I was like... That is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen a human drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta be careful with the dairy products. I could do it with chocolate milk. Like, chocolate milk if I had to. I could drink that if I was out for a while, but straight up 
one percent milk. I I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> we will occasionally. I don't like to waste anything. I don't like to waste food, but because my kids are only here half the time, and then I don't eat a lot of things. So like milk, we'll only get like a half gallon of yep. milk. But even that, sometimes my kids don't drink a ton of milk. Or they prefer chocolate milk if we're going to have milk. So we just get like the half gallon of chocolate milk. But So that there will occasionally be the milk where the kids will like pour it out. And I'm like, you might want to give no, that the old yeah. smell test first. We might want to move on from that jug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it tastes a little funny. I would, I would ax that. But uh, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, man? I'm glad to be back. It's good to be your one friend who you can count on to <laughs> My come one here. friend. You could have ended that <laughs> sentence earlier. <laughs> I, I'm very happy. As Luke was preparing, I said, I don't want to know what we're talking about. He said, good, I'm not going to tell you. I said, great. I like coming in here flying uh, flying without an idea. So. It works good. Well, it's nice having a co-host. I can get a bounce stuff off. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself, which as a teacher and a dad, I feel like I do a lot of the time anyway. And those of you who listen to us at uh, school five days a week, sorry this got so long-winded. So. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks again for everybody who is listening. As uh, Jason said, you can actually contact us for the podcast, Luke Nielsen Media at Gmail, Luke Nielsen Media on all the socials and stuff. But yeah, send us in your stories about the first time you tried a condiment, how it changed your life and uh, shaped who you are today as a human. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Much love. See y'all later.